You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about creating a culture of prayer in your home. Now, I don't think families are mentoring one another in prayer nearly enough. I don't think so either. I think we think it's just straightforward. Just pray. Right. How hard can it be? And nobody's really talking about it. And sometimes we just think, okay, we just do it. But Jesus's own disciples asked him Mm -hmm. to teach them how to pray. And honestly, prayer can feel hard and and it's called a spiritual discipline for a reason. I think we can grow in in our discipline of prayer and it takes training and practice. That's why we're doing this today. Right. I agree. It's just like having a conversation, you know, learning to have a conversation with anyone. It's a skill. So there are so many Christian heroes, I think, who can help us learn uh, this skill and practice. But one of my favorites, and I know yours too, is uh, Corey Ten Boom. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of her. She's the author of The Hiding Place. Um, She grew up in this devoutly religious family during World War II, and she and her family harbored hundreds of Jews to protect them from arrest by Nazi authorities. And by nearly, they saved nearly about 800 lives. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, But eventually they were betrayed by a fellow citizen and imprisoned. And her father died shortly after his imprisonment and her sister Betsy died just 12 days before she was released from the camp. Yeah, she's a, she's amazing. If you go back and um, read uh, some of her speeches or if you can see any video of her, um, she's so inspiring. Her book, I Stand at the Door and Knock, Meditations by the author of The Hiding Place, she wrote this little phrase about prayer. The wonderful thing about praying is that you leave a world of not being able to do something and enter God's realm where everything is possible. He specializes in the impossible. Nothing is too great for his almighty power. Nothing is too small for his love. Hmm. I love that. So who wouldn't want to enter into that? Yes, I know. So to help us talk through this today, we have two guests I'm thrilled to have on, uh, Linda Goodwin and Jane Heather Clayton. And I'd like for you guys to introduce yourselves. Linda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I live here in Murfreesboro. And my greatest claim to fame is that my son married Renee's fabulous daughter. Yay! <laughs> we're, we're, what are we? We're families. We're we <laughs> yes, that's a great word. <laughs> so obviously, that's my greatest and greatest prayer accomplishment. Thank you. Lord. <laughs> Thank no, you, no. Lord. Thank <laughs> you, Lord. Um, but I am a campus minister um, at Raiders for Christ, and we work with students at. MTSU, Middle Tennessee um, State University, and Motlow, and whoever else comes. Right. And you're married to Lawrence, and you can tell us about your family, your children. Yes, we have four children, and um, from 26 down to 16 now, unbelievably, and I have one fabulous granddaughter. I'm sure you've heard about her, Daddy Lou. (laughs) She's more famous on social media than just ask your mom. (laughs) For sure. She's way more famous than (laughs) me. Rightfully so. Um, I have one married, one about to be married. So we're in that season. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, one still in high school trying to get it done. And like all of you mothers. And I'll add, Linda is my friend who has helped me learn to pray. That's one of the reasons I've asked you to come is because when I saw some friends, you know, struggling and I thought, you know, we're doing everything. We're throwing everything at the problems, all the things I would want to throw at the problems, except 
who's partnering with you in prayer, who's just coming alongside you and entering that realm of anything's possible. So I brought you along to help me quell the awkwardness (laughs) and teach me. And it was such a gift. And so that has really started a really deep part of my journey. And so that's part of the reason you're here. I didn't tell you that before. Did you know? No, I did not know that. (laughs) And then Jane Heather, I'm so glad you're here. She's here by Zoom, Zooming in from beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm Jane Heather Clayton, like she said, and I've been married, just celebrated my 25th year anniversary. And I have seven kids ranging from ages of six to 23. And I'm a homeschool mom and I'm passionate about training our children in the Lord. And I have really become passionate about prayer because it's become just so dear to me in my personal life, like you made reference to. Renee. So I think this subject is going to be really fun to discuss. I'm excited. Yes. And I've, I've been blessed to get to know Jane Heather through Emma and Thomas marrying and then getting into your orbit. And it's very inspiring what you're doing. And it's very doable. Every mom can do what you women are doing with your children. That's what we all need. And so that's what we want to talk about today. So there's several definitions of prayer that we kind of looked at before we started this uh, episode today because we research. We do. And I thought this was a pretty concise one. So prayer is giving our attention to God in a two-way spiritual relationship where we talk to God and also listen to him. I thought that was pretty good. Let's sit there for a minute. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, it's a two-way conversation. It's a two-way relationship. And um, it's fellowship with him. I think when I was growing up, I didn't understand as much that it was a two-way conversation. I wasn't really taught that younger. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to kind of grow into that in my adulthood. And the listening part has become such a big part of prayer to me. My upbringing was more talking. I was not really trained at all in the listening and it is a very powerful yeah. component. Jane Heather, what do you think? What would I say prayer is? Yeah. You know, um, prayer for me, honestly, has been like, oh, you know, you get in all in a lot about something and you think, oh, and what about this child? And what about that concern? And then I think, wait, I don't have to be upset. I'm just going to take all of this to God in prayer. And so it has really been my staple of comfort then I think I don't have to bear my burdens. And I think all of us have so many burdens to bear. Even if we're in good stages of life, there's still a lot of burdens just praying for over your husband and your children and your church and your community. And so prayer is just such a gift for me. And I think about the world and them trying to go through life or a struggle and thinking they can't run to God in prayer. And for me, like you said, it used to be a list of, when I prayed, it was a time where I just, you know, I shot out my bullet points of my needs before the Lord. It's still that for me because I'm like, Lord, this is, I need help with. For me now, it's also, then I, then I say, okay, now comfort my heart, Lord. Okay. Speak to me, Lord. Okay. Tell me, Lord, where, where am I wrong? Where am I, where am I right? And just this morning, I, I got up to be with the Lord. He just said, let's go on a walk together. So we went on a walk in one of my favorite parks here in town. And I had Jesus on one side and I had the father on the other side because they just, they knew I needed their comforting presence. And God said to me, Jen Heather, 
It created the whole world in six days. Mm. I can handle anything, anything that you are concerned about. And I honestly, I left that prayer time so encouraged and so freed from the things that I'm trying to bear, which the Lord says, give to me and let me bear. So honestly, prayer for me has become my my lifeline. It's my life. It's how I survive. It's how I am, am a conqueror. In my experience growing up, I learned, and I think we teach our preschoolers too. It's just a matter of development. You know, here's the prayer before meals and here's the prayer um, before bedtime. Before bedtime. Yeah. yeah, things like that. And we're teaching them to pray by talking, but we don't so much teach the listening part. Maybe it's harder for them to hear that voice or to know how to hear that voice. Um, how do you teach that to your children? How do you teach them? You know, you're talking to God and he's talking back and, and here's how to listen. How do you listen? Well, I, you know, when I teach this to adults or to children, the first part of listening is you have to believe that he's going to speak. And so yeah. if you don't believe he's going to speak, then you won't hear anything. And so it's hard to listen if you don't believe that. So really teaching the children about the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Jesus said, I mean, if you believe this much of the Bible, you have to believe the whole part. And read in the Gospels, he said, I'm going away, but this is better because my spirit now is going to live inside of you. And he's talking. Jesus said, I don't have time to tell you everything now, but I'm going to send my spirit. He's going to tell you more things. He's going to comfort you. He's going to counsel you. And so just helping our children understand you, no matter what age you are, have the spirit of God inside of you. And he is going to teach you, counsel you, comfort you. So the first part is believing. And teaching that. And then the second part is, for me, it's just as simple as, you know, we've had some prayer time. And now I say, okay, we are going to enter into our listening time. And so I I get my phone out and I set a timer and I say, kids, we're going to 10 minutes. We're going to listen to the Lord. And then at the end, we say, okay, what did you hear? What did you hear? And then sometimes we'll, we'll get a little more creative and we'll put our names in a hat and we'll pass them out. And I say, you're not listening to the Lord just in general, I want you to listen for your sibling. And yeah, it's amazing. Okay. I'm just <laughs> going to throw this out there because I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. We were going to confession. That's one of the things you do before you take the communion. You know, you have to go to confession. And as a kid, I didn't always know what there was to confess. So I would make stuff up. Very holy. Move along. Move along. How do you know that they're not just, okay, mom is expecting me to say, I've heard this voice and I've heard from him. So this is my expectation. I'm going to, uh, well, this is what I heard. This is what God told yeah. me. Yeah. I'm yeah. Verify that that's real. And it's not just a weird confessional thing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so, and I, I try and make it a really authentic experience where I'm like, if you don't hear anything, that's okay. And if you do, that's okay. And you might hear something and it might be totally of your mind. And that's okay, too, because we're learning in this. Whenever you teach a child to read, you don't expect them to open the book and read right through it. You're stumbling through it. And so we allow ourselves to be comfortable stumbling through it. And sometimes we have times and some of the kids will look at me and say, I didn't hear anything. And then you'll turn to the next one and they'll say, yeah, I heard such and such. Mm -hmm. And so just to leave room for, you know, error and you don't have to be perfect in that. Because if they don't feel like they have to perform, then they don't feel the pressure just to come up with something just to have something. Yeah. You probably did this too, Linda. Yeah. I remember when the kids were younger, I mean, it was years ago when you all were in Jacksonville, Jane Heather, and um, we were just learning um, that 
the Holy Spirit did speak to us, that the Lord did speak to us. And that if we asked him and listened, then he really did show up. And so we would play, remember when we would play three blind mice with our kids? Yeah. Remember that we would put, um, we did it till really late at night, a few nights. We just couldn't stop because it was so compelling. But um, we would get all the cousins in a room and then we would pick three to go sit and face the other direction. And then somebody would sneak up behind them What we'd pick one of the other kids to quietly sneak up behind them. And then the three blind mice would just listen to the Lord. We would just ask them, yeah, listen and see if you hear anything for this person, not knowing which one of the cousins it was. And we, so we would just practice and model this. And it was, it would, it blew us away to me what, what they would hear because they would hear very accurate not always, but a lot of times really powerful words that were very specific to that child. So just the um, kind of making it a game and having an expectation, teaching from a young age with the children to be expectant that the Lord would speak, that there is, you know, the phrase, there's no junior Holy Spirit, but just trying to um, weave that into our spiritual life at our home, that there's no junior Holy Spirit. He's in you and he's in me. He's in the three-year-old. He's in, you know, he's with us. And if you ask him to speak, he loves to speak, especially to his children, in my opinion. Practicing it like in a game form, like Three by Mice or other games. Mm-hmm. And of course, modeling is so much, you know, you were talking about, well, we prayed before a meal and we prayed before bedtime. And um, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was thinking, well, that really was, how did I, how did I get comfortable with prayer? And I really think just, just honoring Jesus's example in that very consistently, my parents, you know, my dad would pick somebody different to pray before the meal every time. And it wasn't just him. He, he just rotated. So from my earliest times, I can't remember ever not being chosen to pray for a meal and girls, boys, everybody, you know, we could all pray. Yeah. And then before bed, mom would lay at the end of um, our bed and read the word with us. And we'd pray together, my mom and my sister and I, and just those simple routines that we can put in place to make prayer a part of our family life. I am such a spontaneous person that I need routines like that. So I don't think we can discount those as small at all. So I want to, you, you said your mom would read the word to you and then pray with you. I want to touch on that for a second. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote about the power of praying the Psalms when he was mm. imprisoned. And John Piper uh, was writing that praying the scriptures keeps us from praying prayers that revolve entirely around our Mm. own immediate concerns rather than God's larger purposes. And um, he said, it seems to me that virtually all of the Bible is doing one or more of these four things, something about God, something about what God has done, something about what he expects and something about how we have failed. So that naturally leads into praise to God, thanks to God, crying for help to God and confession of sin to God. Did you, either one of you, I guess I'll start with you, Jane Heather. Have you used scripture in praying with your children? I wish I had learned to pray the Psalms, I guess, is where I was going with this question. I wish I had been trained. It's a prayer book. As you say that, I think, wow, I'm 
I'm really inspired to do that, just to get the Psalms out and let's just go through it and read that. That sounds like a, a, a beautiful exercise and simple too, because it's our, just open it up and pray the next one, you know, in the book. But I have heard that before about the, the power of praying scripture. And so I've done more where I pick out a scripture that's applicable to our situation and, you know, pray that specific one. But we've not gone through a regimented prayer of the Psalms, but I'm inspired. I, I think I read another article when we were doing a, a class on the Holy Spirit and prayer for adults. And uh, John Piper has a, a story that doesn't very, sound very John Piper-ish. It was a demon possession story. And they couldn't get this woman uh, release freedom from it. And they began singing scripture over her and the power of praying and singing scripture was pivotal in wow. that moment. And so I, he said, you know, it's God's language. We're, we're speaking God's language back to him. Did you use scripture with, with your children, mm. Linda, when you were, well, I was them? thinking the same thing when you were saying that I was like, wow, why haven't I utilized that more? Um, we have, I guess, done like Jane Heather is saying, like taking different scriptures that we know that the Lord brings to our heart are applicable to a situation, but not systematically praying through the Psalms like that. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. Well, so, I mean, I didn't do it either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those, no, Oh, I wish I, I, I wish I could go back and yeah. do it. I wish I could personally go back mm -hmm. to 20 year old Renee and, yeah. and do that. I do find that when I am praying verses will come to mind. Right. Oh, for sure. And so yeah. do you have that experience in your own lives and in, mm -hmm. in your prayers with your children? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, um, scripture does come to mind when praying with my kids or praying over other people. And I have learned more and more to trust that, that that is the Holy Spirit's nudging and to pray what he's putting on the heart over a situation over the kids. I do think it's huge to listen, listen while you pray, listen mm -hmm. to his leading in that. Mm -hmm. And he will guide through his word. I would add, um, I, th I think the prerequisite also to praying the scriptures is to being bathed in the scriptures, to, to having them flowing in your heart. And so as far as speaking about mothering in this sense, I really am constantly requiring that my kids be reading the scriptures. And so I require them to read all the way through the Bible every year. And then in addition to that, I have um, scripture sheet printed off and they have a couple of those and they have to read those every day. And then in addition to that, during the week, I say, you have to have read the book of James three times because we're working on memorizing that. So I, I am heavy on making sure the scriptures are in front of their face and going through their mind and in their heart, because I know that's going to bubble up in their adult life, because whatever you put in them, then that's in them. And then they can pull from that and they can pray those verses when they're in times of need, or they can, the Holy Spirit can use that to comfort them or to inspire them. And so I think having the scriptures is a huge part of our prayer life. I really do. And I think, but I appreciate what you said, Renee, about just doing something practical and intentional, like just praying through the Psalms is so simple and easy too. I, I appreciate um, you saying that emphasis on scripture. I can't remember where I read this. I think it was in J.D. Greer's book, Jesus Continued, which is what you mentioned. While the spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you, he's going to intercede for you in prayer. Um, when you don't know what to pray. And um, he was saying that you've got to give the spirit something to work with. And you, you want to be immersed in the scriptures. And he's like, it's like holding a gun that's unloaded. 
you know, that your, your part is to, is to put scripture inside your mind and your heart and, and then let God use that. And you're, it's so true. What you memorize in childhood, it's with you. So I think it's, it's just critical to bring the scriptures to our children and they can memorize so much more than we give them credit for. Like you said, the book of James, I would never have challenged my son to memorize the book of James. His fifth grade Sunday school teacher challenged him. And what do you know? He did it. I say, I think the Lord honors that because when we were memorizing scripture together, it was so clear and very frustrating that the children who started a lot earlier in that practice of memorizing the word, they could do it so much more efficiently and effectively oh, yeah. than me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> Not bitter at all. Okay. Well, uh, this focus on the family article had some really creative ideas on how to integrate prayer into your days with your children. So one woman used the time in the school drop-off line to just pray with her daughter about the upcoming day ahead. I'm like, great. I loved using drive time yeah, we used for God time. Um, or they would um, choose a friend or a family member or a neighbor and each child and, and the mom and the dad would have, the, it would be secret prayer through the month. And, and then they would you know, reveal who it was at the mm-hmm. end of the month. Love that. Uh, so are there, there are things that you all did, you know, mom lives are lived in snippets of time. There's lots of th- wheels turning and lots mm-hmm. of interruptions. Did you, did you ever use little snippets of time to integrate prayer or like maybe when your kids are having trouble with school or, you know, pray about that. Yeah. I love that because I, you want, you want it to feel natural. And so bring up prayer in all kinds of scenarios, you know, we're, we're talking and then we just, we start praying together and it's not a, okay, everybody gather in a circle, hold hands, bow your head. Okay. So talk about that more, Jane Heather, because I've seen women do this all the time. <laughs> and I know she's both, good at it. You it's both do this, so. but it's, um, but it's, I, I, I know what you're saying, but it's because I know you guys. So what are you doing? Set it up, set up the scenario. What's it look like? What does it look like? Yeah. So I think of the scripture in Deuteronomy, it says, um, Train your children when you get up with them, when you go along the way with them, when you lie down with them. And I think there's a lot of insight in that because I think he's saying in the scriptures, you create a whole child by a lot of little continual drops in their spiritual bucket. And so um, I think prayer is the same way. You create their prayer life by you're teaching them to pray all throughout the day. Get up in the morning. Let's pray. Okay. Get in the car. Okay. Let's pray before we eat. Let's pray. Um, we're like you said, we're doing our schoolwork and we're having a hard time figuring this out. Let's pray. And we're talking about some political issue and Lord, we just stop right now. Father, we know that you are God over everything. Would you let your kingdom come and your will be done in this political thing? And then you go back into conversation or, you know, I think to one of my children, pray for that right now. And I'm, I'm calling them out to, to pray. And also, um, teaching my children to pray in public and for people and with people constantly pushing them out of their comfort zone, go over to that person after church. They just had surgery. I want you to go over there and pray for them where they get comfortable praying in all kinds of situations and scenarios. That's pretty cool. I love that. I did not do that. I like prayer assignments. Yeah. And so, you know, I told them you, there are some of my kids that have more tendencies to not want to do that. But I think out of the love for humans, we have to push through that. And I've made those specific children push through 
go, go pray, go speak this, go to that person right now and tell them something that you're blessed by and say a prayer from I've just, I've pushed them in it because what's amazing is when you do things with kids when they're little, then they can do it easier when they're an adult. But if you say to an adult, do it now, we're like, it's amazing. Yes. I yeah. we used to say to our kids, you know, you're God is what we're teaching our children is his, their heavenly father. So just like you wouldn't get up in the morning and ignore your dad at breakfast and ignore your dad when he comes home for lunch and ignore your dad when he comes home at the end of the day and says, you know, how was your day? God is your heavenly father. And just like a best friend or your earthly father, you're, you get up in the morning and you're eager to say, good morning, dad. You know, I hope you have a great day at work today. And and here's what I'm going to do today. You're sharing your life with them. Um, And it's so much about relationship. What did you um, do with your children in in terms of that throughout the day? I know you did. I I mean, you do it still. Mm. Whenever I'm with you, you just break out into prayer. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with what Jay and others said there. And you also, Bonnie, I, 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 I love that it's relationship. Of course, you're going to talk to your heavenly daddy. You're, um, you're growing in your friendship with him and teaching them. I, I really have always wanted to help model for them. And to me, um, teaching your children about prayer, so much of it is just modeling a lifestyle of relationship with the father. If they bring up a concern, they're troubled about a situation at school, we talk about it and then we're going to break into prayer. Like the, the, the chance is very high. You know, <laughs> we're just going to stop and pray about that right then um, yes. and, and bring it to the father. I remember one of my children um, came to me at one point and was just in tears, worried about having um, friends. She was moving in college and she was moving into a new season of life and concerned about having friends in that season. So we talked about it a while. And then the Lord just put on my heart to really challenge her to a prayer campaign about it. I'm like, you know what, put that before the Lord every day. I'll pray with you every day for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. I think we started with 30, but it ended up being about three months. And we, we just prayed and asked the Lord with expectancy every day for that. And he really did answer that in that next season of life for her. And I think helping them have a lifestyle of our number one line of defense is bringing it to the father. Um, Letting that be a natural part of how our family functions. When we were making decisions about, you know, dad has a job opportunity. Are we going to take it? Are we going to pick up and move and do this? It was always a family prayer concern. We would come together as a family and be praying about that over a season of time. We would challenge each of them. And of course, Lawrence and I would be praying individually about it. Sometimes of family fasting about decisions like that or about big concerns. And I've seen Jane Heather's family do that over and over and over too. Um, Just trying to let them see that lifestyle of your number one course of action is bringing it to the father. And again, that feeling of expectancy, the Lord absolutely wants to speak to children. He absolutely wants to answer our prayer. He's just waiting. Will we bring our concerns to him? So helping um, create in them and build in them an expectancy for answers, honestly. Mm -hmm. Okay. That brings me to a thought. So 
what about when God says no? And I don't mean no in like, I want a toy, this toy, and I don't get it. I mean, no, in something really hard and like uh, someone you're praying for passes away. And um, how do you walk your children through the no answers that builds faith instead of discourages? Well, I, I, in hindsight, have made the mistake of wanting to have come up with the answer. And I realized that, that God doesn't always want us to have the answer. You know, I think of the story of Job, but Job went through a crisis and his friends insisted on having the answer. And they said, well, we're going to figure out why you're in this mess. And this must be because you did something wrong. And God didn't call them to have the answer in that situation. And they were speaking in place of God and God didn't like that when they did that. And so I've learned to be slow to say, this didn't happen because X, Y, Z, unless there are scenarios where God has specifically told you, you know, and that can happen too. But I think in those situations, one thing to teach your children is let's go back to what we know. Children, we know that he's all loving. We know that he's all sovereign and we know that the end, we are all victorious. And no matter what happens when life breaks your heart, you never give up on the hope that God is loving and good and he's coming back for you to take you to his eternal paradise. So it's that um, anchor that no matter what we do, you teach your kids. You don't ever abandon the hope of Jesus Christ, no matter how hard it gets. Right. I think we talked about God uses that too. God redeems that yeah. too. Um, mm-hmm. you, it doesn't look like it right now. And the few, you know everything looks bleak and you're in a desert, but you know, two years down the road, three months down the road, you don't yes. know when that's going to be redeemed. And you're going to see, if not the why for it, you'll see how it can be used. Mm-hmm. As many times as that happened, you know, that came to fruition later on. And I think it's hard to remember in the moment, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, asking for the Lord to redeem a situation And um, when something difficult has happened as a family, we've really tried to pray together, Lord, we ask for and claim that your kingdom come, your will will be done in this situation and that you will use all things together for good because we love you and we're trying to, you know, serve you and walk with you. So that's one thing we've done is really tried, even when we don't understand in those times of, of of lack of understanding, but also asking him um, for his perspective. I think that's one thing I've tried to do with my children is, Lord, give us your um, perspective. Help us to see this situation, to see ourselves through your lens right here Mm -hmm. and see the situation. Um, uh, And he does that. He's very, very faithful to that. So our family... Did we mention that Jane Heather's my sister-in-law? You know, I'm not <laughs> sure what they explicitly did. did. So yeah, Linda but, mm-hmm. and um, and Jane Heather are sisters-in-law. Mm-hmm. She Jane Heather married your brother. Great. Okay, my beloved brother. <laughs> so last year, like you know, many people with COVID, you know, we my my parents got sick, and my we lost both of our parents about this time last year. Mm-hmm. So it was a obviously a prayer journey. Um, So we were asking for healing, obviously, and asking for the Lord's will and his help. And 
And we did that all as a family, as an extended family, really, um, over and over. But the beautiful thing was, as we were asking for that, the Lord was speaking in dreams through the children. The Lord prepared all of our hearts for their passing through a series of dreams that came to the to the children, not to the adults, to these children that have been taught since they were tiny. God speaks today. He'll speak to you. I've often felt that my kids can hear more clearly, and I have many examples I could bore you with, perhaps, um, of times where he's spoken more clearly through our children than Lawrence and I over situations when we're seeking the Lord together about something. But in this case, he did too. And so I think in the end, it became, even though it, was a, it wasn't the answer we wanted, we wanted mom to survive and we wanted dad to survive, obviously, but we saw the Lord and his love speaking through the children prepared our hearts and showed us that this was really his perfect plan in that situation. Um, and it was a big, a continued growing moment, I'd say, for our family. Mm-hmm. It, I watched that um, happen and I can say that, that that truly was what everyone was doing and it was a very much an extended family experience. How beautiful. Yeah. And you, you touched on something I really did want to talk about is dreams. And I think, you know, children, they're so uninhibited. There's their imaginations. They're, they're so fresh from the Lord. I feel like, you know, God's just crafted them together. And um, we believe, I believe, I won't speak for you, but I think you do, Bonnie, that God still speaks through dreams and visions today. Yep. And so can you tell us um, maybe more about that? How you train your children to understand because there's God dreams and then there's dreams just that's from our body, you know, like if your sister's kicking you in your sleep and you're dreaming, you're getting attacked. That's probably connected. You know? <laughs> so distinguishing, you know, what's a dream from the Lord? What's a dream that I'm processing something that's happening um, to my body or my mind? How do you do that, Jane Heather? Yeah, well, that's hard. And I have done that well, and I've done that not well. But again, I think it starts with, do you believe that the Lord speaks in dreams? Because then if you do, then you start listening to dreams. And I used to not believe that. And I remember even getting into a little tiff with somebody that was trying to claim that God spoke through dreams. And I was like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord has shown me through the scriptures. Wait, 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 Jane Heather, read the scriptures. He does speak in dreams. If you read history, he did it through the Bible and he's still doing it. I had a a reoccurring um, dream one time about a, a person that I knew that was being unfaithful to their spouse or considering it or something. I didn't know. And I thought the dream was so ridiculous. And we were t- swapping dream stories one night. And I said, listen to this stupid dream I've had over and over again. And somebody said, well, maybe it's not stupid. And I thought I had never crossed my mind. So then that began for me a journey. And I said, Lord, if it's not stupid, then is it of you? And if it is, give me another one. And so I pray that and he'd give me another one. And I'd say, well, give me another one if that's really <laughs> true. Anyways, that's this would all be yeah. I keep putting fleeces out. four out of five. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I said to my spouse, I said, um, I have an uncomfortable favor to ask you, but I need you to go in a, as unawkward as you can, confront this person that I've dreamt about and ask him if there's anything going on in his personal life. And he did. And he said it was very awkward. He said the person turned ghost white. And he said, I had just decided in my mind that I was going to have that affair. And 
you have stopped me just in the nick of time. Anyways, I've never forgotten that story because the Lord was using a dream because he wanted to intervene and he wanted to do something. And that's how he chose to do it. And which was also was odd is why me? Like we don't see them very often, but who can question the way God works, you know? Right. That's right. And so that really opened my mind thinking, wow, God, you do work in dreams and you might want to use them to bless the body of believers or to guide me. And so I've been very blessed to uh, feel like I've had dreams that I felt like where the Lord is guiding. And like Linda said, I feel like my children walk in it even more than I do. And I don't understand why, but I feel like they have more dreams. And then, but we have some, and they say them and, and I think, I don't know if that's from God or not. We'll just remember it. You know, like that doesn't make any sense to me right now. And that may just be the silly wonderings of your mind. Or that might have been something from the Lord, but we don't understand it. So we just remember it and we pray about it. I actually keep a, a journal where I, where I write dreams down that I feel like were maybe from God, but I'm not sure. And I'm going to pray about it so that I can pull them back up if they ever do seem applicable. But without a doubt, we've been blessed to um, have dreams that are from the Lord that have convicted us and counseled us and guided us. And many of them have come through our children. That's so cool. And you you have a similar experience, right, Linda? Yes. Let me just add a little bit to what Jane Heather said about that. I mean, <laughs> their breakfast table is wildly entertaining, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I love being at their house in the morning because people stumble out to the table. It's like, okay, what'd you get? What'd you get? I mean, <laughs> she's being very low key, but especially when you ask him again, the culture of expectancy with the Lord. He will speak to you, children. Your dreams often have value too. And um, teaching them how to steward a dream, that often a dream is just calling you on to the prayer team for a situation. And kind of when the children have the dream, we have a dream about something and we pray into it and say, God, what are you saying here? A lot of times we have found that he's giving us a dream because He's inviting us or calling us to pray about a situation, to pray against um, something that the enemy is setting up, that the Lord is not, it's not his will, or to prepare our hearts, to convict our hearts. And when you pray against something to happen and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. You like you end up wondering, well, yeah, did that, was that right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it didn't happen. Right. But I, I'm convinced that it, it, it was effective, that it, yeah. it didn't happen because. You were praying. Well, there's so many situations in our family where he's given a dream about something that seems like a danger, something that we need to pray against. And we'll pray into it and pray into it. And then eventually something, that situation will happen, but it won't be as dire as it was in the dream. Got it. Um, and I remember years ago, one of your children, Jane Heather, you you came to me and you said, okay, we were praying the other day as a family, Linda, and um, one of the children got a picture um, of, it was like a white cougar going off a cliff and it had a um, Kia name tag on the cougar or something. So, so she, an animal, the cougar. An, anim, an animal, the cougar, okay. a white one going off okay. a cliff, but it had a little, um, you know, name tag on it or like yeah, color. Yeah. And she said, so we prayed into that. And I just feel like you need to pray for protection. I had a white Kia um, minivan then. 
And she said, I just feel when we prayed about it, we felt like um, you needed to just pray for protection against something with your vehicle. And I'm like, great, I'm in, we're in. <laughs> so for, I don't know, it seemed like maybe six or eight weeks when the kids and I would get in the car, we would, uh, we would just try to stop and pray every time, just to, you know, 10 second, Lord, just keep us safe. We just ask for and we declare your safety over our vehicle today. And um, we prayed into that and asked the Lord to stop whatever the enemy had schemed about that. Well, in about six or eight weeks, I was driving back from a friend's house in Franklin. The traffic was nuts. And I heard um, an ambulance or something come by. And it was rainy. It was like, oh, I, didn't, I was disoriented. And I, so I pulled off the road. Well, there was no road. It was just really deep ditch. So my vehicle went off, but it caught like the back left tire and the front right tire caught on something. So we were like dangling and swaying over this big ditch, you know? Um, anyway, we were fine. I stayed in the car to keep it balanced and calm. Thomas just let everybody around. And there was a, a, a tow truck that had quote unquote happened to be in the convenience store that was right in front of where I was that was there. So he pulled around in like two minutes and said, ma'am, I pull you out. I'm like, yes, please. So <laughs> We have, but I have a lot of stories like that where something has happened, but it wasn't as dire. So you can point to it. Yes, you can say, can oh, definitely this, this had to, to have been. Yes, this was something that we felt like the Lord was prevented because we could have easily, you know, turned upside down on that. It could have been right. a mess. But um, so recognizing and helping, pointing out, calling attention to situations where the Lord has spoken to the children, um, where He is worked in our favor and been faithful in a situation has been a lot of the training in, um, in prayer, I guess. Mm -hmm. So explaining that it does happen to your children, talking about it with your children, keeping a journal or, in, or marking it down in some way, praying over it and, and watching asking the Lord. And I, that's a big part of okay. it. We haven't talked about to me, Asking the Lord to speak to us, asking him to guide and protect us, and then waiting on him and recognizing, oh, look what he did there. He answered your prayer that we've been praying for months. Or, um, yeah, I just think really inviting him in. The Lord is such a gentleman. So to me, I love that. <laughs> inviting him is a big part because he's he's not pushy. But when you ask that that um, kingdom principle of asking and seeking and knocking, when we do that with our children, I think the culture grows um, in your family that he really does answer. He will he will be faithful to that. So okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute and say, um, if you're not a believer. Or if you maybe just experience prayer the way I talked about before, where it's just grace before meals or bedtime prayers, things like that. This conversation sounds whack. <laughs> it really does. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I forget. <laughs> and not to me, but I would I will say there is a period of my life where I would have been listening to this conversation and been like, okay, these people need some help. <laughs> but... Oh, I guess my answer, my response to that is, um, you know, like I, I felt that way too. And then I said, well, why not? Let's just try and see what happens. Like, what can it hurt? It's not going to, I'm not going to be crazy. I know I'm not crazy. I'm just going to try this, whatever. And, and that's what I did. I just tried, like you said, Linda, to expect, to ask, 
to pray big for something ridiculous Mm -hmm. that there's no possible way, no way. And those things would happen. It was almost like God's like, oh yeah, I'll show you. (laughs) You think I'm not going to do that big or you think I'm not going to show up in this way. And time after time, after time, I, it got to where like, okay, well, I'm not denying that. I anymore. can't deny that anymore. So, and that's yeah. a way better place to be in because now I'm in this realm of where you, what you mentioned at the beginning, where everything is possible. And it's not just me and, you know, my skeptical, cynical, mm-hmm. oh yeah, prayers for some people. And maybe that's, maybe dreams happen to some people and whatever. Um, I just encourage you to just try that. I mean, open the door just a little bit. Ask just a little bit and see what happens. God's faithful to that. He really is. I've encountered that, um, of that, that kind of, um, I think it's really negative self-talk that it happens to you, but it doesn't happen to me. It's, um, it's a lie, you know, that, that God wouldn't want to mm-hmm. communicate with you. And so I'm, yeah, I'm encouraged by that. Um, because I've, I've experienced it as well when I went from, thinking, oh, that just doesn't ever happen. And I'm like, well, where does it say in scripture that, that God stopped doing that? Because just you see it, it as Jane Heather said, you see it all throughout scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, when you start asking and saying, okay, is this really you, God? My experience was he was so gentle with me and gave me like a lot of um, softballs in the beginning, you know, like really easy to interpret mm-hmm. dreams, really easy to see. And then as you grow, um, he requires more, you know, maturing and more discernment and, and things like that, but that, that at first he's always so gracious. Yeah. Yeah. To really meet you where you are. Almost humorous. Yeah. yeah. A big sense of humor. <laughs> humor. Like, yes. Really? You really, really, really went there. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, and I think kids can appreciate those sorts of things too. We didn't talk too much about littles preschooler kind of, you know, but, that, but you guys are talking about that. I mean, you're just, you're describing like even preschoolers having dreams, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I bring my kids in on all of our stuff at all ages. Right. Right. I talked to one mom years ago when we were living in Indianapolis and, um, and it was her experience that children were actually more open Absolutely. to um, the spiritual mm-hmm. realm and that they were, they're very, very much in touch mm-hmm. with, with the things that we can't see and touch. Right. It's not such a hindrance for them. I I totally believe that for years, my children heard more clearly or perhaps still hear more clearly from the Lord because, and I think it's because they've been taught from a young age, God speaks today. He will speak to you. You're his child. If you ask him and you're listening and attentive, he'll speak to you. But my husband and I have had to um, go into remedial training on this Mm -hmm. because we grew up for so many years believing he didn't speak that way. Um, But I've seen the Lord faithful in a lot of training sessions for learning to hear the Lord in prayer and recognizing his voice in our family. And I remember years ago when we were just starting to introduce, um, you know, God speaking today, he'll speak to you if you, if you ask him. And one of my daughters came back from school and it was several days later when she just, it just burst out of her. She was so troubled. She had been in math class. She was terrible at math. That was, so that was a very, um, the enemy was working really hard to make her feel 
like a fool and feel very unsuccessful and you know all the lies that was part of the script for her was that you're ridiculous because you can't do math in math she had this full-blown vision and she was like what is that like I I had this picture and I don't know what that is and I was like wow I have no idea (laughs) I have no idea either I don't know what that is but I'm like but but I know that the Lord speaks today and you've asked him to speak so we'll just he's not a Meaning, if he gave it to you, if we ask him for what in the world that means, he'll give it to us. So we prayed and prayed together for weeks about this very specific dream. She saw this picture of Cinderella going down the stairs and the clock was striking midnight behind her. She's like, what in the world is that? You know, and we so we prayed about it and prayed about it. And um, so one day she was coming back from church with Rod and Jane Heather. Do you remember this, Jane Heather? It was in your, and she was in the back of the minivan, which as usual is probably really, really loud with all those kids for their cousins. And um, Roger and Jane Heather were in the front seat. And Roger was like, ah, oh, I had the most ridiculous like picture vision during um, communion this morning. And I saw this picture of Cinderella going down the stairs and the clock was striking midnight behind her. And he's like, but I felt like God was saying like, now is the time. And and he had, the Lord had given him like an interpretation for it. You know, you, and, and Gabrielle was listening to this in the back of the car and she screams out from the back of the van. She's like, it's real. It's real. God is real. And he's speaking to me because in his love, the Lord had given Roger the very same picture that a young, you know, child would speak to her. Isn't that loving of the Lord? And the interpretation. And the interpretation so that she could hear what the Lord was saying to her. Yeah. I mean, beautiful. Again, speaking of weird, sorry, Bonnie. Yeah, it's so good. Speaking of weird. Good weird. I love it. (laughs) But it's the Lord. It's his, it's his business. So so um, I could just talk about this forever. I love these stories. I would say, give me all the stories. Give me all the anecdotes. But I want to um, also touch on fasting and prayer because we see them connected in scripture. Um, Jane Heather, do you require your kids to fast? Yes. In a short, in a short saying, yes, I do. And But the beautiful thing is, as they get older, it's not a requirement. I'll say I'm fasting tomorrow. And inevitably, a couple of my kids will say, oh, I'll do it with you. I'll fast with you. Yeah, I'm referring to my high school, college, 20-year-old kids. But um, yeah, I've done a, several fasts where I've required my littles to fast with me. And um, can you give me specifics? Because again, yeah. I don't, we don't get trained in this stuff. Nobody's going around teaching. Here's how to teach your family to have a culture of fasting and prayer. Yeah. So what does that look like? I think for the children, it's it's bittersweet because it's not fun to not eat. But there's something about them that makes them feel like, wow, I count too. And I, my part in this family and in this spiritual story is of value as well, because if I fast, then there's power as well in it. And so they go, oh, we're fasting. But this little smirk on their face where they feel like I'm a, I'm a big person in the spirit world too. And so, and it's also getting them just familiar with the idea of denying yourself and um, doing what you don't feel like doing, but doing what the spirit and the Bible says, that's really valuable for them. So it's not a shock to their system when they get older and somebody says, hey, you should be fasting. And they go, you know, and you say it to an adult who's never fasted, it is, feels almost impossible to fast. But if you grew up being disciplined in it, 
then these things will come so much more natural to you. And my younger kids, my high school kids fast in ways that I never could have fasted when I was in high school because I hadn't been trained in it, you know. And it's always small steps first in fasting. I mean, I've tried the big step first. That was a terrible Disaster. No, it was a disaster. Yes. It, it, yeah. And so you start, you set like anything in training, you set yourself up for success. Yes, and, absolutely. And you want, and so you, you, it, I, you know, I'm the straight A perfectionist student. I'm like, make it hard. It's better. <laughs> it's hard. But I've seen your family um, do Lent together from years back where you would give up sweets, oh, you know, or give up certain things along the way when they were younger, like you said, training sessions mm-hmm. and, and baby steps. Um, right. Because yeah. like we have lots of young moms who listen, nursing moms, you know, generally cannot stop eating right. and drinking. Right. Uh, you'll stop yeah. drinking milk. And so there's other things Correct. like what you're describing. A, you know, a nursing mom can fast from um, a luxury, right? You know, sweets or right. caffeine. Yep, caffeine or um, or other things, social media and things like that. Although I think the goal would be, if I were, you know, teaching like fasting with your family, the goal would be to move to food. Food. I mean, yeah. food is a, that is. I mean, that is the example the yeah. in the Bible. Would but you? The would you agree? Principle of denying yourself. Yeah to pursue the Lord and seek him in his heart is the same. So there are learning sessions, but Jane Heather has done so much better, so intentional about it. And there's fruit. There's major fruit from it. But you um, also are really good at fasting and you have helped me like, You've seen me stumble along when we were doing it in the school of discipleship together. You know, we were doing group fast. And remember when we could take a fast for each other? Do you remember that? I forgot about that. So like you had had to do a travel thing and you were like, Renee, will you take my fast? I think it was just coffee or something, Mm -hmm. Linda. Do you know what a bad attitude I had about that? (laughs) I I was like, oh, yes, 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 I'll do it. And then when the time came, I'm like, oh. I don't get my coffee. And it's like <laughs> your human self just creeps, right? You don't want to deny yourself. Nope. You don't yeah, want to deny yourself. True. And so it is such a beautiful discipline. We we want I a thought about that. that. Was that yes. Ken and the Korean church yes. that gave us that idea yes. of doing group fast together and then covering one another if if you had if a life a social event. engagement or something that you or couldn't something really, um, pass up, yeah, something really that important. we agreed ahead of time that we would cover one another. And and that too is a lesson about the body of Christ. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know any example of that in the Bible. So test that if that's not biblical. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, we did learn something. It that. was in, in terms of just the communal, like I knew, like I felt part of a team. Yeah. And which I think you can also just create in your home. Like yeah. this is like, we're all pulling in the yeah. same direction. Like Jane Heather said, like, I'm yeah. part of this. I'm part of this. I'm five, I'm five years old. And, it, and it's all about the family identity you're creating. It's not a spirit of lack. It's a spirit of like abundance. beautiful p- participation yeah. and abundance by fasting together, mm. which is cool. Really cool. Yeah. I think also um, remember as, as a parent or as a mother, to set the tone of joy, no matter what it is, you know, we're fasting, but this is exciting. We're doing this together and this is powerful and effective. And who knows what's going to happen kids from doing this together. And, you know, when you call for prayer kids, it's time to come pray. It's a joyful thing. And and I've made the, the negative mistake of that, of, I don't know, just being too ornery in some of these scenarios and <laughs> to no avail, you know, you might as well put on a smile and have fun and enjoy these disciplines 
with you so your children learn to enjoy them. Honestly, it's really fun to fast together with your children because it's not as hard when you're there encouraging and keeping each other accountable and talking about the good fruit that's going to come that we don't know about it. You can really, it can be fun. It doesn't have to be, you know, just all hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I just want to amen that, that we have so much power to set the tone of our homes as moms. Mm -hmm. We are, we, we, um, I don't think fully appreciate the gift of that power of setting the tone of our homes. And we, yes. we need to appropriate that power by God's grace and the, the spirit's help. Yes, and then so we, good. we present these things, not as bitter. It's sweet. It's, it's a sweetness to participate with God mm-hmm. in prayer and, and even doing hard things. It's a sweetness. Mm-hmm. Renee, I think of the scripture. I just heard it this week. It says, um, a wise woman with her own hands builds her house, but a foolish woman with her own hands tears her down. And I think it's not talking literal, like no woman takes a sledgehammer and starts going through her house. But I think through her own negativity, her own sadness, her own ungratefulness, her own lack of pursuit of the Lord and the maybe the ornery way in which she's relating to the children, she's just weighing down her house. And thus that disillusions children And it makes them look for something outside of the home for happiness or for excitement. And with her own attitude, her own wrongdoing, she tore her house down. And I think that's huge. We have to remember, if you come to the dinner table with joy and laughter, joy and laughter happened at the dinner table. And if you come to prayer time with anticipation and happiness, and let's all go around and tell a joke before we have our prayer time. You set the tone for that. And I just think we cannot underestimate as a woman the power that we have to build it up or to tear it down. And to me, that's exciting because that means I can set the course. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen, amen, amen. I love that. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Well, so some final encouragement. Let's just do some little um, bullet points, maybe, of (laughs) what you can do. So, okay, so you have a toddler with a meltdown or a tantrum, stop and pray, mm-hmm. right? Pray right then. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you, yeah, you're going to go have lunch or you have snack, stop and pray. Or um, there's sibling disagreement going on in the next room. Stop and pray and not only pray over them, but have them pray for one another in that situation. Yes, um, These are ways to put prayer daily, like you were saying, as you go through the day. Right mm-hmm. now, it is so beautiful here in Middle Tennessee. And as you drive down the road with your kids, thank God for praise the trees, God. you know, yeah. praise God for the beautiful sky, praise God mm-hmm. for the, the weather. That's how you bring all of that into your daily life. And as you, as you walk along that kind of thing, um, ask your kids to pray for you. That's big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is such a privilege for them to carry for you that mom and dad trust me with that. It's kind of like what you were saying, like, I'm a part of this too. I, I don't think I did that enough. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. And I think one more thing is, you know, we, the pray without ceasing first Thessalonians four, I think it is that seems so hard. I think we do that all the time anyway. And I think it's a cool thing to teach your kids anyway, that with, with every breath, God is breath, God is spirit. You're breathing in yaw and you're exhaling way, yaw mm. way with every breath. So you cannot help, but pray without ceasing just by being alive. So just add some more words to that throughout your day. That's a convicting thought. Mm -hmm. Like I'm making some thoughts I've had that weren't not maybe 
got right. approved. <laughs> <laughs> and just to think, you know, he is with us all. He's with us at all times. And he is in um, every conversation mm-hmm. we have. I, think I had um, two more tidbits that I wanted to share that I had in my heart. One is um, one of my kids asked me one time, we were reading the scripture, prayer is powerful and effective. And they said, well, what does that mean? You know, I guess powerful and effective. What does those words mean? And I said, well, it means, and I was like, how do I put this in, you know, really easy terms? I said, it means that it really works. And when I said it, all of a sudden it took my breath away. It means it really works. Mm-hmm. And I think we should just remind ourselves of that and our children all day long. Don't forget, prayer really works, kids. Prayer really works. And so I'll say it to my children. I'll say prayer is, and then I'll let them fill in the phrase. It's powerful and effective. Or prayer is, it really works. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just to get that you know, um, in their heads. And then the other thing I wanted to say um, for my, for our family, one of the huge turning points for our family is when somebody, Raj had gone to some all men's conference and there was a challenge to pray um, in blocks of time with your family. And so he came back and I was like, well, let's give it a try. Let's do something radical. Like let's get up and let's set a timer and let's pray for an hour and just see what happens. And so we just started adopting this as our family thing where we would, and there's no set time. I wish we had like, you know, our family prays from seven to eight every morning, but I'm not a structured person. And so it's at all times of the day, but we keep trying to come back to, okay, everybody come in the family room. I get my iPhone out and I'll set it. And when we first started it, we did an hour. It's like, we were going to, we were going to get in prayer shape. And I mean, 15 minutes into it, it was like, uh, we have talked and prayed about everything we can think of. So we just went around. <laughs> I know, right? I'm tapped out, God. I'm tapped out. <laughs> we said it all again. And, um, but now we can come in the room and set the timer for an hour to pray. And we look up and the timer's gone because it's like, we've, we've trained ourselves in the ability to get into the throne room and to pray it's and to put awesome. our requests before mm-hmm. God. But um, just the simple act of, okay, that's it. We are not going to talk about prayer but we're going to have set times where we really pray and we set timers. Sometimes it's 15 minutes. Sometimes it's 30. Sometimes it's 45. Sometimes it's hour. It all depends on our schedules and what we have going, but it's a regular basis for us where we come in our family room and we set the timer and we give extended amounts of time of prayer. And when we started doing that as the family, Roger and I, my husband and I have talked about that was a turning point for our children. And seeing them really grow in the Lord and seeing our whole family really grow in the Lord. I would say we, it's like we went to another level and the Lord um, just came and met us in that effort. And so I always try to encourage people, listen, you're intentional about a lot of things in your life. You may go to the gym, you may, um, you know, you set aside time to cook your dinner for 30 minutes. We certainly unfortunately prioritize social media where we give that, you know, 15, 30 minutes, who knows what it is a day. It is not hard for us to do this in prayer. We just have to decide to do it. And I have some weeks where I think, man, we, we were really good at that. And then I have some weeks I'm like, Lord, I was a fiasco at praying with my children, (laughs) but I'm going to do better next week. And the point is, is I just keep coming back to it and I just keep pushing myself in it and we keep doing it. And it's really powerful way to live. 
Yeah, I think life changes. It's such a relationship changer if you are praying for those in your family, if you're praying for your children, if your children are praying for you, if your children are praying for their siblings. Um, it's just really a lot harder to get mad at one another. It's harder yeah. to hold grudges against one another. Um, it's kind of a just a, a glue, I think. Um, with older kids, so much technology, we've mentioned social media. I think we can um, use the phone. Like you can text a prayer or text a scripture to your older kid or your college kid and say, hey, this is what I'm praying for you today. Um, just to like get another zinger in there. Um, we did a thing for a while where, you know, the first thing you reach for when you wake up in the morning is usually that phone on the bedside table or in the kitchen. And before you were allowed to go to any other thing, you had to pray for the first three people on your text list. Who, who that's you had awesome. Sometimes oh, that's, that's mom so and dad. Sometimes that's the exterminator, you know, whoever called you that day, but <laughs> you never know. But just use that in all the little, little things. I love that. Um, texting prayers. Um, that's another thing I learned from you, Linda, when we, were first friends I guess maybe we were texting or there was a friend group that we were texting in and instead of just saying like I'm praying like you would just text what you were praying Mm -hmm. and that's very very powerful because we are driven a lot by um, technology and I can use it for God's glory or I can use it for exactly um, and it forces you to you know a lot of us say I'll pray for you I'm praying for you but and then you don't or maybe you would you know good intentions Mm -hmm. whatever but if you stop and do it right then and send that in a text message, that means so much more than yes. to have somebody tell you, hey, I'm praying for you because you actually see their heart. I love that. And if you don't know what to type, which I didn't when I first started doing this, it's like, okay, God, just tell me what to type. Or I would just go back and look Scripture. at something you had typed me and thought, okay, that's a good jumping off point. Why do we think that's a bad thing to like learn prayer from our friends? Like as if you said it, so I can't say it too. <laughs> it, it's so helpful. No. It was so helpful to go back and look at those text prayers and be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a effective way to pray. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I guess <clears throat> a couple things on my heart right here at the end, I would say um, a couple prayers that I have prayed over the years and come to think of it. One of them, Jane Heather put me on two years ago. One thing that I pray regularly was praying it yesterday again, like God, teach me to pray, teach me to pray, teach my family to pray, teach us how to pray. And he's so faithful to that. It's so simple. I just throw that out all the time because I'm so hungry to grow in that. And I've said for a while, I don't really have illusions in my life that I have some gigantic impact on the world, but I know I can pray. I know I can impact the world through prayer and through my children through the family I'm trying to raise. So that one prayer, teach me to pray, but also you years ago um, challenged a group of us to pray. God teach us the authority we have as your children and how to use it. But I've prayed that for years and I really think it's been a game changer, honestly, because that's a whole nother area to talk about with prayer. But There's a lot more authority there that the Lord has given us as his children that his name carries when we pray that we don't use, we don't utilize so so often. Another little tidbit, which maybe we could talk about another time, but is the power of confessing to one another and praying over your family when we're struggling with sin or we're, um, that's a whole other thing that's been a, a big blessing to my family 
to when we're struggling with something, when one of us is struggling, we confess our sins to one another and you will be healed and believing this is going to bring healing when we're just opening up and praying over one another through our struggles. So much freedom yeah. in doing that. Yeah. So much freedom. Satan loves for things to stay hidden. Yes. And there's freedom when they come out into the light and creating that culture in your home that you're mm-hmm. celebrating. Yay. Hooray. This is out in the open. And right. now we can, we can get on it in prayer. Right. It's not shameful. We're fighting in this together. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And that's one of the things I've loved about when we set times for prayer blocks in our home is um, then it gives us that block time to have that conversation of, and I've tried to really lead the way in my children saying, I, the Lord convicted me of this week that I have a problem with, and I will now I've confessed that children, will you pray for me? Mm-hmm. And then they begin to think, oh, this is what we do. And then they say, okay, well, I'm also, can I share, can I can um, confess and keeping that confession prayer dialogue going with your children and your family is huge because in order to be a healthy spiritual person, you have to be doing that. You have to be confessing. Then you have to be repenting and you have to be praying for one another. And so our family is this beautiful place God gave us, this safe place to do that. But we just have to start doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and we as the parents, I think, have to be the leader in it. We can't expect I the children to have to model that. that. We could go for a whole nother hour. So good. I know. This has been so good. I'm telling you, like, it's it's been so rich. I'm so blessed by this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Linda and Jane Heather, so much for giving us your time and blessing these moms who'll be listening to this. Well, I am so thankful for you all and your hearts to be so intentional about this to, um, you know, bless the next generation, bless one another, really. So we're going to have um, all the notes and, and articles and stuff that we refer to on our website, of course, at justaskyourmom.com. You can also always find us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom or Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. And we'd love for you to rate and leave a review if you're listening and better yet, subscribe. So you'll get a new episode each Monday morning and send us your questions and topic suggestions to just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on just, just ask, ask your mom. mom.